guys. So I wanted to come live and talk about my story of why I quit my job and also continue to do my podcast. And let me just say a few things before I even get into it. Like it has been an interesting journey, I'll say, to even get to the point of like recording this because I literally had a breakdown today because <laughs> I've been wanting to do this for so long and I haven't. And so it was just like weighing on me. But I knew that I had to speak about this and I want to speak about it, but just to like get in the mental space of like actually doing it was a whole nother story because I was like all in my head about like, oh my gosh, like I have to go live because that's what I do. And like my hair is a mess and like my eyebrows ain't been done. And like, oh my gosh, like, like, first of all, I have to be okay with how I look to even go live. And then like, when I go live, am I going to be all over the place? And I was just like, oh my gosh, there was just so many thoughts like attacking me it felt like and I literally like cried but I knew that I had to tell my story and speak my truth and so that's what led me to post what I posted if you follow me on social media earlier today about quitting my job in the first place because I think it's important to just get things out whether you verbally say it or you write it down or whatever you do like I think there's value in just getting things out and so that was my first step in um posting what I did on social media today was just to get it out and so after I did that I felt a little bit better and I got out the house because I need to do that for my mental health and so I'm finally in the space where I can like sit and go live and record and like talk about this so I am going to talk about why I quit my job <laughs> which is crazy I'm still like I still think it's crazy to this day and um, I'm going to tell you guys in advance it might be a little bit all over the place because I tried to like make nice concrete notes that like flowed and had quotes and like bullet points because that's kind of how I can organize myself but I just couldn't do it for this topic like there's just so much that I have to say and um even though there is so much I have to say hopefully this won't be too long but yeah there's just so much this is just such a heavy thing for me because it's like something it's it's years in the making almost because I decided to go into the nursing field fresh out of high school. So I was 2014 that I started nursing school. I graduated with my bachelor's in 2018. And then I've been working as an RN since then. So it's been, it's been the journey, you know, and things have happened. And yeah, so it's not like something that is just like, happened and then life happens on top of everything else so it's just a lot but I do have some points before I get into my story um that I did want to say in the beginning just so if you hear nothing else hear this <laughs> so first of all I need you guys to know that it's so important to stand up for yourself if you don't stand up for you other people aren't necessarily going to it's not always a guarantee so at the end of the day you really do need to have your own back point number two know yourself and know your limits um, I'll go into these deeper, but like I said, I just want to say them up front so you guys get something. Know yourself, know your limits. And number three that I have here is be an advocate. Advocate for, advocate for yourself, advocate for other people, advocate for those who don't have a voice. Um, and anybody who was on your spirit that you feel like you need to speak up for, like, do that. Because so many people are out here suffering in silence, and if 2020 has taught me anything, is that I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm no longer going to accept that I can, that I have to suffer in silence, that I can't speak out, that I can't open my mouth. So I want to encourage you guys to speak out too. And 
that doesn't mean that you have to like broadcast your drama to the whole world on social media. Like maybe you need a journal, maybe you need good friends. Either way, it's really good to get things out. Maybe you need a therapist. I just got a therapist and I love her. She's like, she calls herself a woke grandma and I love her. (laughs) And I'm really glad to finally have a therapist because it's something that I've actually wanted for a couple of years, but I just didn't know how to go about it or my parents weren't really supportive or I just felt like, okay, do I pay for it myself? Do I go through insurance? Like, how do I find somebody who is someone that I want? Because I don't want just anybody I want. I honestly had specific things that I wanted in a therapist. So I was just like, how do I find all these things? And so, yeah, the point is, like, open your mouth and don't don't be that bottle. Don't bottle everything up. Don't feel like you have to keep everything in. Like, that's not healthy, guys. Speak up. Speak up um all right so let's get into it I quit my job (laughs) last month I quit the highest paying job I've ever worked yeah I have to say that out loud because I'm still just like what the heck like I was making good money y'all like I was so proud of myself I said god I want a six-figure job I put it on paper I manifested it everything and I got it and I quit I quit But the real reason is you can't pay me enough to lose my mind. You can't pay me enough for my mental health. Like, it's really not worth it. So um, I'm going to go back to my points a little bit. Uh, So number one is to stand up for yourself. And I think I'll go to that one last. Uh, I think the first part that I want to say is know yourself and know your limits. Because um, what one of the life lessons that I've learned is there's a difference between like pushing past your emotions and your feelings to show up. And there's a there's a point at which that gets unhealthy, that gets toxic. And so let me give you guys examples. Um, I've been a student athlete my whole life. And so there is a certain level of discipline that comes along with that because you have you have weight sessions, you have early morning workouts, you have film sessions, you have games. Game day is a whole, like, whole event because it's just, it's not just like, hey, let's get on the bus and go. It's like, all right, like, let's meet up, let's shoot around, let's go over the um, the other team's roster, let's talk about their strengths. I forget what the name of that paper is, where you take notes on the other team. There's film, there's studying, then you got to make sure you're eating right. So, I don't know, I've done a couple of pasta dinners in my days with my team, and it's just, there's a lot that goes into it, but the point is, as a student athlete, it's an everyday thing. Like, yes, we have breaks, but for the most part, we're in the gym or with each other every single day, whether you feel like it or not. You have to show up. That's your commitment. And I think that translates to a lot of things in life. You might necessarily not necessarily feel like doing something, but you have to do it at the end of the day. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's part of maturity. That's part of life is just putting your feelings aside and showing up because you have that's literally you can't your feelings are such a liar like if you just did what you felt like all the time like you wouldn't get very far because your feelings will have you sleeping in bed all day your feelings will have you staying with somebody who doesn't value you your feelings will have you eating mcdonald's when you know you need to be eating a salad and like your feelings will just have you messed up so sometimes you really do need to put your feelings aside and take care of business but at some point You can't just keep putting your feelings aside, putting your feelings aside, putting your feelings aside because anger, sadness, anxiety, frustration, those are all warning signals that you need to pay attention to. And so there's a very concrete difference between putting your feelings aside to take care of business and like essentially putting yourself aside and not listening to yourself. So 
I learned that difference between I honestly basketball taught me that lesson because I knew what it was to show up for practice and even when I wanted to stay in bed show up to practice because I knew that there's a bigger mission here there's a bigger goal and if anything like if my coach didn't have my back and my teammates had my back or if my teammates didn't have my back then my coach had my back but either way there was some type of support there and we were working for a bigger cause and so I had to put my feelings aside and, and show up but in my senior year I couldn't say that anymore like I had um, tendonitis I think it was in my right ankle which would cause my ankle to like lock up I couldn't even stand on it it was crazy pain nobody really knew I was going through this though because as a student athlete, like I said, I'm used to putting my feelings aside and showing up. So when my ankle started acting out, I just kept it on the low. I was just like, you know, it's cool. Like my ankles bother me, but I'm just go to the trainers on my own, make sure I'm icing it, going to therapy, all that kind of stuff on my own. My teammates don't really need to know about it. My coach doesn't really need to know about it. And I just handle it myself. But it got to a point where my ankle was really hurting y'all. Like it was bad. Like I said, it would literally lock up and I would be like in my dorm room on the floor because I couldn't stand and then on top of that, it was my senior year. I've been working my butt off for throughout my college career to get better and better and better on top of being a nursing student. And I really had improved over the years and my teammates were vouching for that. And so I was like, oh, it's senior year. Like I want time on the court. And I wasn't seeing that. And then I felt like the way that my coach at the time wanted me to play in order for me to please her as a coach, it just wasn't meshing right with my core values like I felt like for me to play at the level she wanted me to play at I had to tap into an angry ginger and if you know me you know I'm not an angry person and so for me to have to show up injured and then play angry and then I didn't really feel like I had the support of my teammates and I definitely wasn't getting along with my coach it was just so many things adding up and so I had to make the decision to quit my team my college year my college year my senior year and I did that and I I learned from that because it wasn't like I just up and quit like I had many conversations and I, I thought about the pros and the cons and like the long-term effects or short-term effects it wasn't just like an overnight decision like I'm gonna quit no like I love basketball I don't want to quit my senior year especially like there was a lot of thought that went into it but at the end of the day I realized that I was physically hurting myself because my ankle was not with the program <laughs> anymore and um, my emotions were taking a toll like I couldn't even have a good conversation with my coach without crying because that dynamic was just messed up and I don't I'm emotional as a person but when I can't talk to you or when talking to you leads me to tears more than once I don't like to present myself that way that's not who I am so that was messing me up like I said I didn't feel like my teammates my teammates were looking at me like yo what's good with you like why are you on the sideline we all got injuries which yes we all got injuries but like never compare your pain to somebody else's because I don't know like no just no so my teammates was looking at me sideways my coach is looking at me sideways my ankle is in pain I'm an emotional wreck. I'm not looking forward to basketball anymore because in my basketball career, I've gone through a lot and I'll talk about that another time. And so it just all added up and I had to make the decision to walk away. And nursing kind of happened in the same way. Little things happen over time and it got to the point where I was like, okay, I have to walk away. Um, But I made these decisions knowing myself and knowing my limits and knowing the difference between 
I'm just in my feelings. I got to push through this. And no, like something is really wrong here. And so point number one or whatever, know yourself, know your limits. Um, yeah. So in nursing, we're taught to be advocates, which essentially means that you speak up for people who can't speak up for themselves, which you come across many patients who can, can't properly speak up for themselves for many different reasons, whether it's like they literally can't talk because they're in a coma or they don't understand the language or there's they don't understand the medical terminology. There's a lot of reasons why somebody might not fully understand what's going on. And on top of the emotions, like you're being hospitalized, something's wrong with your body. It's just a lot going on. So we're taught as nurses to speak up for our patients. But we're also taught as nurses to speak up for ourselves, meaning if you're not comfortable with something, if you don't know something, you speak up, you make that known. Like, I don't feel comfortable. This is not safe. Those are like keywords that we're taught to use to get ourselves out of situations that could potentially be harmful or dangerous. Um, yeah, so that's part of what we're taught in nursing school. And then part of being an advocate is not only standing up for, like I said, it's not only about standing up for other people, but it's also about standing up for yourself. Like I said, if you don't feel comfortable, you have to make that known to those people around you. And so knowing all of this stuff, I started my new job in October and it was a big deal because like I said, I specifically asked, ask God, because <laughs> it's not enough to just have a vision board and manifest, like you got to go directly to the man himself. So I was like, all right, God, I really want to make six figures. Like, I feel like I could do that in my life right now. And I, he met, he let, he allowed me to have that. So I got this new six figure job. I'm finding my niche in the nursing world. Um, which is the float pool. I just, I like change. And I wanted to get a little bit more experience before moving on to something else. So I felt like the float pool was just a good experience for me. So I get this new job in October. We're still in the midst of coronavirus. It was just before the second spike started. And um, I'm burnt out and anxious. <laughs> I've always been a little bit anxious when it comes to nursing because um, you just never know what you're going to get when you show up to work. So you just, you don't know how your coworkers are going to be. Are you going to have enough staff? Is somebody going to have a bad attitude? Are you going to have to call a doctor in the middle of the night? Cause I work night shifts. Are your patients going to be a pain in the butt? Are you going to have three patients? Are you going to have seven patients? There's just like literally so many unknowns before you even walk through the door. So that always gave me a little bit of anxiety, but you know, you get there, you see what it is, and you move past that. But this year, I found myself not being able to move past that anxiety as easily. And I found myself like exhausted. And it's weird, because I'm literally a night owl. I am a night girl, night shift girl, like I love staying up all night. But I found myself literally falling asleep, standing up in front of the patient, because that's how exhausted I was. And I've, I've been seeing this post on Instagram about signs of burnout, and some of them are headaches, anxiety, um, physical illness, irritability, and those are, there's other symptoms too, but those are the ones that resonated with me because I was having headaches often because of the stress. I was, like I said, I always had a certain amount of anxiety, but then it was like a little bit more than usual. Um, I found myself being lightheaded. And 
I was always I would be afraid that I would pick up my daughter and fall over with her or drop her because I just didn't I don't know like I was lightheaded I didn't have my sense of balance and so that was going on and I was irritable and the irritability I didn't pick up at first because I usually lash out on my little brother which isn't too suspicious but I remember that the night that I decided to quit my job there was another nurse that was near me in report so in report we get near each other anyways but at this point we had like four nurses in close quarters because there was me and the nurse I was training with and then the day nurse and her trainee and I almost like lashed out on the day nurse's trainee because she got a little too close to me and I was like excuse me like can you back up a little bit but you can't really do that and so I that's when I caught myself like whoa like calm down like you can't be lashing out on people at work ginger and so I just had all these things going on already not to mention it's like the beginning of a shift and I have to show up for other people it was just a mess but fast forward that night I ended up like doing CPR on a potential COVID patient it was just crazy like they that was my first time ever doing CPR ever I always tried to avoid it, but this time I got in line to do chest compressions and we did end up getting the guy back, but I, I always avoided at all costs doing CPR. And so now I do CPR and then it turns out after the fact that this person was positive for COVID at, at some point, I don't know. So that at this point, everybody who was in the room without proper PPE because we didn't, nobody said what this guy had is all like in, going crazy and like, I just felt bad as a nurse, like, going, first of all, he shouldn't have been there, and then it was confusing, because the doctors were trying to say, oh, no, this person doesn't have COVID, but then the chart was saying he did, and in the medical world, we go by the chart, so it was just a lot of, like, miscommunications going on, and um, most of the other nurses that went in the room were day nurses, so they could go home, but I'm just like, oh, my gosh, like, did I just, was I exposed to COVID, and then, like, I have to go take care of other people, and, like, these other people are COVID negative and they shouldn't be exposed to COVID and like I specifically asked not to work with COVID patients because I have to show up for my daughter and I can't afford to be hospitalized right now because I have to nurse my six-month-old and like she needs me at this point still and other for other reasons I just couldn't I asked to avoid COVID at this point and it's not because I'm afraid or anything because if you know me, you know I'm a risk taker. I'm an adrenaline junkie. Like, I saw they're paying $100 an hour out here to work with COVID patients. And that is something that I'm down for. But I'm a mom now, so I can't take these risks. And so I had specifically asked not to deal with COVID patients. And then I ended up with a COVID patient. And on top of the anxiety and the burnout, I just, like, lost it. And so I went to my supervisors and asked them, like, can – can I please go home? Because <laughs> I'm a wreck. And if you know me, one of my favorite sayings is like, you can't pour out of an empty cup. And at this point, my cup was bone drop. My cup was, my cup had a hole in the bottom, y'all. Like, I don't even, my cup was, it was dusty. It was just, there was nothing in my cup. <laughs> okay. And so I'm on orientation. So it's not like I have an actual patient load to be responsible for. So I, went to the supervisors after everything that happened and I might be leaving out details because I don't want to give away too much information and like I said I'm trying to keep this not too long but I pretty much went to my supervisors in tears and asked can I go home because at this point I'm not okay I know myself and they were just like oh take 20 minutes like 
this is what we do in nursing, you know, you got to put your feelings aside. And, you know, in a hospital that's this big, you might come across stuff. And I'm like, that's not the point. Like, I could come across stuff in ShopRite. Like, y'all just a hot mess here, which most hospitals honestly are a hot mess right now. And I understand why, but there's still, like, so many crazy things going on that shouldn't be. And I don't know, they just tried to play me. Like, oh, are you a new nurse? This is what we do. Like, yes, I understand putting my feelings aside. But to this extent where I'm literally telling you I am not okay, like, no, <laughs> no, like, we don't put ourselves aside at the expense of others, because that's the other part is, like, I have a license to maintain. I'm responsible for people's lives at the end of the day. Like, there's family members that are counting on their loved ones to make it through the night, and I'm not in the space to take care of anybody or myself. I just felt like it didn't make any sense. Like, you wouldn't give a dementia patient responsibility. So why is it that I'm perfectly with it and telling you I'm not okay? And you're telling me, oh, just take 20 minutes. And then the, the fact that they're like, oh, this is a big hospital. So you're going to come across stuff. I'm sorry. Like, I just moved back up north from Duke, which is one of the biggest hospitals in the country. And they're doing a fantastic job handling COVID. So you're not about to tell me that this is just what happens in the healthcare world. And on top of this, Similar to my basketball situation, where it's like I didn't feel like my coach, my coach, my coach, I can't talk, <laughs> where I didn't feel like my coach was supporting me and my teammates were supporting me. Well, I was in the same scenario with work. My manager was a little bit of a mess, honestly. She was disorganized, and there were several times where she didn't tell me I was where I was going for orientation after multiple attempts at me contacting her throughout the day. So I didn't feel like I had support from my management and then I'm a float pool nurse so I don't have a home unit I just go wherever they send me and so the teammate support just right there is a little bit different and so I didn't feel supported I didn't feel supported management obviously doesn't care about me because I'm telling you I'm having a breakdown and you're telling me to go take 20 minutes and get on out there like it was just too much so I quit <laughs> like I felt like I have been through too through too much as a person for, I, like, basketball became toxic. My last relationship became toxic. And now my job is about to become toxic? No. Like, I don't think so. Like, I quit my basketball team. I left an abusive relationship. And so I was like, y'all got the wrong one. I'm not going to just sit here because I'm making good money and keep just eating, like, giving pieces of myself away for what, like, no. And the fact that I just got out of an abusive relationship, so I know my limits. I know what it looks like when your mental health is deteriorating. And the fact that I had, I was essentially being abused at work now, it's just like, no, like, you, no, I'm sorry. Like, you want me to, no, I can't even, no. So that's a little bit of why I quit, which is all over the place in what I'm learning in this season of stillness at least I'm trying to be still but not too still or so go crazy is just the importance of our voice like people literally need to hear your voice people need like there's people connected to your story and so for you to be silent is letting other people like suffer in a way or like other people people need to hear your me too and so that's part of why I started this podcast but I wasn't fully living it because um, in the healthcare industry, things are very much like they do cover stuff up. I'm not even gonna lie to you guys. So 
I remember when I first started working in the healthcare industry as a nursing student, we're always encouraged to speak up and speak out about things that we see. And so I remember, I don't remember the specific details, but I just remember I must have said something because I've always had a big mouth since I was a little girl. That's nothing new. Like, I'll I'll tell you how it is. I'll tell you what it is. Like, no problem. <laughs> but I've learned that in life, you can't always just be out here running your mouth. So whatever, they must have asked a question or something, and I spoke up about it. And a few days later, I got spoken to by another colleague or coworker, essentially saying that you can't talk about certain things and things are just how they are. And so I was like, okay, noted. And then from that point, I kind of just kept quiet about things. And then fast forward to a little bit later, um, I noticed we had new management in my internship program. And this lady, I we just she wasn't the same. We couldn't trust her. Like, again, we were encouraged, oh, speak up, speak out, talk about things that are bothering you. But then I noticed that the things that we would talk about would come back later in an email to the whole freaking hospital talking about, oh, we heard people are doing this. Don't do that. And it was just like, are you serious? Like, you, you told us we could trust you and tell you about things that we're experiencing. And you're out here writing emails to the whole hospital. Like we told you things in confidentiality and it's not being returned or respected. So that was another note, like, oh, keep your mouth shut because you can't really speak your truth here. And so I'm, I've, and I've seen in the healthcare industry, especially in magnet organizations, which if you don't know what a magnet organization is, those are your like top tier hospitals. Those are the hospitals that got all the money, all the funding. They're supposed to be the best of the best. And those are the type of hospitals that I have worked in. Um, it's only a small percentage of hospitals across the country that even get that magnet designation. But what I've noticed is most magnet hospitals do not have a union. And so nobody can speak up for you really, only you and your coworkers if you are so lucky. And I've noticed that when people speak up about themselves, it's almost like, it comes back to haunt them in some type of way and it's not right. So I've noticed that in magnet hospitals or hospitals without a union at least, they'll they could use anything to get you out the door. Once they decide they're done with you or that you're not falling in line the way that they want, they'll find the smallest things to get rid of you for. And I think it says a lot about you as an employer, whether you side with your customers or your employees. Like sometimes yes, you need to side with your customers, but sometimes you also need to side with your employees. And again, that's one thing I respected about Duke was that they made it clear that they don't have any room for workplace violence and you're going to respect their staff. And I that made me feel safe and comfortable at, to know that my employer had my back in that capacity because most hospitals, these patients will do you dirty and they'll fire you and keep the patient. So to see that I was, to see a hospital that was like, no, like we're not going to tolerate disrespect made me feel like a little bit safe and secure because I've seen stupid stuff like, oh, if you don't complete this e-learning, then we could fire you or suspend you. Or if you don't do this, we could fire you or suspend you. And some things like it makes sense that they are serious, but some things it's like, really, you go fire me over this? Like, it's not that serious. But again, like you don't have anybody to stand up for you because there's no union. And if you get out of line, they just get rid of you, unfortunately. And so I really feel like the healthcare industry taught me to keep my mouth shut. And 
I'm now realizing that sometimes being silent is part of the problem. <sighs> and in healthcare, I'm looking at my notes here, negligence and little mistakes, those things add up and those things could be lives lost at the end of the day. Like every hospital, they or school even, they teach us about this whole study on to air is human, which is a report on all of the errors that are made in the medical world that could be avoided. And to see that despite, it's 2020, we have so much technology. They put billions of dollars into healthcare. Um, there's so much, like, we have come such a long way in such amount of sh- a short amount of time in the healthcare industry. And we're still making these little mistakes, like testing people without having an armband on them, which is one of your patient identifiers, which helps to guarantee right person, right, right all these, these things, essentially a safeguard. And then to hear that we're understaffed. So just, oh my gosh, that's a whole other issue. The danger of understaffing. I don't understand. So many people want to go into healthcare, but we're consistently understaffed. It just doesn't make sense to me. But then rather than hire new people, they would rather just work the people they already got to the bone or to the grave, whatever the thing is. Like, They'll run you into the dirt. Oh, you want overtime? Oh, you want to stay? Oh, like, what? Instead of just hiring new people, like, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. I just, I don't know. So there's just so many things going on in healthcare right now. On top of the fact that we have a pandemic and, like, there's just a lot. But there's just certain things that are happening that shouldn't be done. Even, like, this whole story that's circulating about um Dr. Susan Moore, who her death sounds like could have, I don't know all the details, but it sounds like it could have been prevented or she could have received better care and she really had to speak up for herself. That's not an anomaly. That's not an exception. Exception. Like there's literally people like Dr. Susan Moore all, t- all the time, every single day that deserve better care, but nobody's listening to them. And we are probably definitely losing lives that we shouldn't be in the healthcare industry. And it's, I mean, some things are out of our control, you know, a pandemic, um, short staff, you know, as a nurse, we have to go through doctors before we can just do things. But so I'm not completely excusing everything. Like I'm saying, I understand. But at the same time, there's certain things that should not be excused. Like you shouldn't be telling a a walking, talking 34 year old patient to use a bedpan when they can get up and go to the bathroom because you are busy or you shouldn't be somebody's crying in pain and you're letting them because you're busy like I don't know there's just so many things that go on in healthcare that just shouldn't be and it's crazy and so I don't want to be in a environment where people are negligent or heartless because that's not what I signed up for when I decided to become a nurse at all and also we definitely have a huge mental health crisis going on right now and that's just that's amongst everyone healthcare workers and non-healthcare workers but it's just something different when you have to be responsible for other people. Like so many healthcare workers are burnt out and pouring out of the empty cup and it's just crazy. But at the same time, it's like, well, what can we do about it? Because, and I get it, you know, bills have to be paid. You're supposed to be the provider. If you quit, what are you going to do? Like, there's just so many unknowns and not everybody is as fortunate as I am to be able to just quit. And I mean, I wouldn't say that I'm okay. I'm still working through it, but a lot of people should be quitting but won't quit because they have to, I don't know, for whatever reasons, they won't 
do that. They won't walk away. And sometimes people just don't know their worth. And so they'll let people do them dirty. I see that all the time too. Like these young, like (laughs) nurses get treated like crap sometimes and it's just not right. And they just allow it because they need their paycheck. And I don't know, I can't be bought like that. But I just want to emphasize how important mental health is because you really can't pour out of an empty cup. And if you are feeling burnt out or anxious, that's not something that you should go through by yourself. And definitely put up boundaries and it's okay to say no. It's okay to walk away. It's okay to stand up for yourself. Um, And I'm saying all this because I have done it or am doing it. Um, Like we really do undervalue mental health. I heard somebody say that health is wealth. Like we all can acknowledge that, but like you can't have any type of health without mental health. And it's so true. And so I don't know. This is really all over the place and I'm getting ready to wrap up because I got a secret standard to jump on <laughs> and maybe I'll need to revisit this and talk about it in a little bit more detail. But yeah, there's just a lot going on right now and I don't want to be silent about it because if we're silent, then things don't get, there's no awareness and things don't get fixed when you stay silent. And so I will continue to advocate for my fellow nurses, for myself, for anybody who needs it, honestly. Because things have to change. It's 2020 and I can't move forward into the future with things the way they are. Like there's just so many things that could be better. And I understand the whole concept of, well, we need to fix so much. So it's too much. Let's just do nothing. And I disagree with that because I'm very much an advocate for the Starfish story. And I don't know if you've ever heard that before, but it's just talking about I think there's like this family, I'm gonna tell it my way. So essentially there's a little boy walking um, at the beach with his family and he sees a whole bunch of starfish on the shore. And he starts picking up the starfish and throwing them back into the ocean. And somebody, I don't know if his family member or whatever, I don't know, I'm, I'm telling this the ginger version. Anyway, somebody was like, why are you touching the starfish? Like you're never gonna be able to get all of them back in the ocean. And he was like, no, but to this one starfish, it matters. And so in the same way, um, change isn't something that happens quickly or like overnight, but it's every every brick that's laid, every small step that's taken, every one person that you come across, every time you open up your mouth, all those things add up over time. And so I will continue to open my mouth and tell my story and like actually practice what I'm talking about, practice what I'm preaching, because I do want to see changes for the better in so many different avenues for our nurses, for those who are suffering with mental health, for those that are in abusive situations. Like I want to speak out for all of those things. So yeah, we're back, baby. <laughs> Get up 10 podcast. I will be continuing going on to 20, going into 2021 to talk and bring you guys what's on my mind. I actually have a couple other topics that I want to talk to. I have talk about, I have an interview that I already did that I'm really excited to release. So be on the lookout because we're getting things moving here, keeping them moving. We're keeping the momentum. We're going into 2021 strong, <laughs> real strong. So if you guys tuned in, I saw a lot of people tune in and out during my lavish one. Thank you for listening. And I will be posting this episode. If you guys want to go back or share or whatever, um, it will be out there for y'all. So, all right, I'm late for my secret Santa. Bye.